0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by TaylorMade. Golf has a new game-changing number. Experience TaylorMade speed with the forgiveness of 10K inertia with the all-new QI10 Max, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more about the QI10 Carbon Woods. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
1: Well, well, well. What a Monday morning it is. Good morning, golf fans. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino going to join in hour two as Mark is in Viva Las Vegas. And I know he might not be in the greatest of moods, Bob, because his (laughs) San Francisco 49ers, they just couldn't get it done in the Super Bowl.
2: Runner-up for poor Marky. That's uh, that's too bad. He's um, He's been a diehard 49ers fan. He's lived through the lean years, and now uh, he gets a chance to and a little bit of glory, and it doesn't quite come through. What a what an exciting game, though, because, listen, the Super Bowl in the past to me has been some good ones, but there's also been some real duds, but this was an exciting one, and uh, I, I didn't see the first half, of course, because I was watching something else going on.
1: Yes, and this is a championship edition of Golf Talk Canada here this morning on the TSN radio network. Why? Well, as the first half of the Super Bowl was going on, what was going on? Oh, just Canadian Nick Taylor picking up his fourth career PGA Tour win. We're going to spend a lot of today's show breaking down Nick Taylor's historic performance. Bob's going to go one-on-one with Nick Taylor. We're going to hear all about the week that was because it was... A crazy week at the WM Phoenix Open. From weather delays to fans who were beyond drunk, doing strange things. We're going to get into all things WM Phoenix Open. Plus, we're going to hear and learn about a new indoor golf simulator in the GTA. That's Pace of Play, run by a couple of guys who also... Run the Golf Heads Instagram account that has, oh, just 240,000 Instagram followers. So we'll get into that and much more. Plus, of course, winners, weird and what. But let's kick things off with some news and some headlines.
0: News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one.
1: Well, here we go again. Nick Taylor is back in the winner's circle. His fourth career PGA Tour victory for Nick Taylor gets it done at the WM Phoenix Open. Just how impressive was this performance? Well, I mean,
2: I don't know. There's so many ways you can look at this. And and I think, you know, with all the stuff that happened on Sunday, you sort of forget about the opening round of a 60 that he shot which was pretty remarkable 11 birdies on the round and then to come down and birdie five of the last six two playoff holes on those six holes he hit his approach shots all within 15 feet of the cup which is something that we probably overlook a little bit and to realize that he was really uh, pretty horrendous with the driver off the tee on the last day and to come through with what he did it's uh, it's I, I overuse this word but it's clutch it really is clutch and to see him kind of get into the zone, when a lot of other people, let's be honest, a lot of other people, including some Canadian golfers, have sort of gotten nervous. It looks a little bit nervous or a little different coming down the stretch. And for Nick, it just seemed like the the the, the tighter everything got, the more he wanted it. And um, I've seen a lot of clutch putting in my life, but nothing like this.
1: It was certainly clutch putting. And we'll get into that opening round, which kicked things off for this week for Nick Taylor, just an 11 under 60 A lot of it played on Friday morning because of the crazy delays that were going on. And Bob, this really stems back to the work he did with Gareth Bafluski in terms of switching the grip that he uses with this putter and setup as well, correct?
2: He did, yeah. A couple of years ago, he just decided that he was too frustrated with his putting, because it was letting him down. He felt that the rest of his game, especially his iron play, was pretty solid. Uh, But the putter was one where he just didn't have any consistency. He'd have great weeks, and then he'd have terrible weeks. So uh, Michael Gligic, who was on the PGA Tour up until this year, used Gareth Roflewski. And Gareth Roflewski is based in London, Ontario. Primarily has been coaching a lot of the top LPGA Tour players, including Jin Young-Ko and a few others. And um, anyway, he, he and Nick started working together. And they did made some changes that allowed a little bit of a more consistent face um, angle going through the putts. It's a little complicated, but essentially he shored up his putting. As you said, changed the grip, changed his stance, just some minor things. And Nick worked on it, apparently, as he's told me, over and over and over and over again, just drilling it in until it became natural. And, uh, boy, it's uh, whatever, whatever he was paying Gareth Roflewski, it's worth every penny of it for what he's achieved.
1: First in strokes gained putting this past week at the WM Phoenix Open. And that first round specifically, when you go out and shoot that low of a number, it's crazy because when tournaments go on and you look back at players who flirted with 59, they rarely don't win the golf tournament because it's so hard to follow up an outstanding round with another good round given everything that has just gone on. Just how impressive was this, Bob, for Nick to really gather everything mentally and go out and come from behind and win this whole thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, as you said, it's uh, always that's the adage. It seems weird to me. Ever since the first time I heard that, it's tough to follow a low round with another low one. But, you know, I feel like, well, I'm playing great. Why wouldn't I just keep going? <laughs> anyway, It doesn't work that way, apparently. And uh, he did. He had a pretty pedestrian second round. And I think the fact that a lot of his golf was kind of bunched together, he had two really long days, and um, and I think that at that part you just you don't really separate one round from the next round. You're just kind of going and going and going, and for uh, for him to uh, to come back and and to pull through uh, is is big. I mean, um, you know, Adam Hadwin when he shot his 59, he wasn't able to win. He did win a couple of weeks later, but you look at As you said, some of the guys who shoot in the 50s or the or the 60s and they don't win, and it seems to be. You know pretty common uh, but you're right just to keep going and it, it's everything everything you can look at was pretty impressive except maybe for his driving on the last day
1: yeah for the tournament overall 41st and strokes gained off the tee that those numbers courtesy of data golf but specifically in that final round because as you mentioned Sunday was a marathon you played 30 holes on yeah 30 holes on Sunday and Even he said in his press conference after he finished the third round, they said, okay, you got 10 minutes and you're going back out there. It's that's quite the turnaround. And the way he grinded because the driver was not working for him for the first couple of holes during that final round, specifically the third hole, the par five where he fans, this driver way, right. Has to take a drop out of a penalty area. Then, Like, kind of knifes a four-iron into a fairway bunker that's 120 yards short. And at this point, we're thinking, alarm bells, oh boy. Bogey maybe worse on a par five, where a lot of players are easily making birdie. And what does he do from there, Bobby? He hits a, a wedge to two feet, spins it back, makes par, keeps the round going. And you mentioned it there, too. Having to birdie five of the last six holes, including the 18th hole, three consecutive times including the playoff i mean the the stones this guy has and he did the same thing last year at the rbc canadian open too
2: and he he actually birdied the 18th hole which was his 72nd hole uh a year earlier in the playoff or not the playoff but in the coming down the stretch against john rom and scotty scheffler of course it wasn't to win obviously but but he's as he says i've on sundays i'm pretty good on that hole so you're right it's it's um I don't know he's got something in him and he talked a little bit about it last night about this ability to sort of really draw it in really get focused really uh, perform under pressure which is a not an easy thing to do and um, and we'll hear in the interview that I did with him I asked him you know does winning get easier and he says it really never does get easier but I think once you get yourself into this zone and it's the only thing and the only player Canadian player I could think of who was sort of similar is is Brooke Henderson. You know when she kind of gets in that in that zone, she's able to perform at her best and even play better sometimes than she would uh, on a routine say Thursday opening round so uh, Nick's got the, those killer eyes and um, and hopefully this is something that continues going forward this is This is honestly what we always thought Nick Taylor would deliver when he was an amateur and he was ranked as the number one amateur in the world. And now to see it finally coming out and uh, for him to just to be shining in the, in the top of the spotlight is, is wonderful.
1: And we obviously have a ton of high praise for Nick Taylor, now a winner four times on the PGA Tour, given the history that he made last year at the RBC Canadian Open, given what he just did, oh, you know, last night, what was that, 10 hours ago or so to get the victory, but now he's 28th in the official World Golf ranking. Now he's known to a number of American media outlets who are posting on social media and on their panels that this guy is just a killer period not just because there's a red and white flag beside his name because you know let's face it nick taylor was really the only non-american in the mix in this field this guy's known as a world-class player and now he's being recognized bob because he's up to 28th in the world ranking
2: yeah and, and i know there'll be some people who say well yeah but look who's not in the world rankings or who's dropping in the world rankings because they're on live but yeah so what um you know where he is in the world ranking whether it's the official one or whether it's data golf's one where he's i think in the 40s you know it's uh he's still an amazing player right now still a clutch player and is is on his way to becoming uh if he can if he keeps this up something even better And, and certainly when you look and say well there's only been five canadians now who've won four or more times on the pga tour that's pretty heady company and it's it's not easy to win on the pga tour no matter who you are, no matter whether you're Scotty, I mean, look what Scotty Shuffler did sort of fumbling down the stretch. His his putting was probably the anti-Nick Taylor putting when we saw him missing from, boy, you know, three feet and two feet and things. Um, but but those, it, it's not easy for anybody to win on the PGA Tour. It never is, and it never has been. And for him now to have four wins, and it's only February, so there's a good chance you can take it again. I would say the only thing now is let's get one of these guys in contention in a major and let's get them uh, moving along. We had Corey Connors at the PGA. You know, we've had Corey at the uh, at the Masters. We've had Mac at the U.S. Open, British Open. So there's, there's some good performances, but it would be really nice to see another male winner in a major championship.
1: And you mentioned it a little right there too, just from an all-time perspective, really taking a look at this. So Mike Weir has the most pga tour wins of any canadian player with eight along with george newtson tied atop at with eight wins now nick taylor tied for the third most wins of any canadian pga tour golfer as well stephen ames and al balding with four and this is elite company you know mike weir has obviously the masters back in 2003 and you can compare what mike weir did no three and that's brought this springboard to to all these other Canadians and we're going to talk a lot about Mike Weir this year given the President's Cup because Nick Taylor has vaulted his way up to number three on the International President's Cup team now he hasn't he's not on the team officially but you gotta think if he (laughs) doesn't play any good golf the rest of the year you've got to think he's almost a shoe in now Bob right?
2: I think I think all he needs to do is sort of play mediocre golf and he'll be more than more than wonderful. I mean, it's a uh it's the type of a golfer that you want on your team. You want a guy who can putt, first of all, and can putt at clutch times. Uh that that goes I mean that's worth its weight in gold uh, for anyone of you playing whether it's a Ryder cup or a president's cup. And we've seen that a few even last year with the European team dropping some great putts. And so I think I'm pretty sure that uh, that Mike Weir. I was spent some time with Mike Weir and Jim Furyk about a week ago and the two of them were uh the two of them were were talking about it and um you know what what's the kind of key thing you look for. And you look for a team player, obviously, and you look for a guy who can do a lot of things, but at the end of the day, if a guy can make putts, that's that's the kind of guy that they look for. So Nick Taylor's making a lot of putts, and as you said, I, I think he's gonna probably be a shoe-in. I think it would help Mike Weir if he could stay inside that top six. And be uh, an automatic selection because then you can probably use two of your six to uh, to pick Canadians who are down there. And I and I think um, you know I think right now uh, uh, an Olympic team with Corey Connors and and Nick Taylor would look would look pretty good. So uh, we'll see what happens. There's still a lot of golf to be played before they make that decision. And and I know Adam Hadwin and Mac Hughes uh, both have their eyes on that second or a spot on the Canadian Olympic team. So. Um, I'm not sure it's still uh, still going to be it's going to be interesting to see if this inspires some of those other Canadians because they've all talked about the fact that they push each other and this year, more so than than any of them, they all want to be on that team. But uh, right now, I'm sure that I think Nick Taylor is pretty much a lock for the President's Cup and uh, a pretty good bet, let's say for the Olympic team.
1: And you mentioned it right there about the players cheering each other on rooting each other on firing each other up because outside right beside the playoff hole you saw Corey connors and you saw adam hadwin and you might have noticed that the outfit he was wearing was oh just exactly the same of the same outfit that he now famously was absolutely bamboozled on the green by the security guard but do you think bobby made the right decision this time and elected not to sprint on the green champagne in hand
2: yeah i think he learned his lesson as he said to the CBS cameraman i think he was talking about that i uh, i texted him and asked him if that if he wore that green jacket on or the green hoodie on purpose and he said uh he said Nah, it's just it's just, it, i wore it because it's nick's lucky shirt not because i was going to get tackled and it was nice nice to see the uh the croners and the hadwins uh all fam big the entire families both of them uh down there and um and cheering him on, and uh, again, just like what he did at the Canadian Open, you know, they all exploded and cheered as soon as that that last putt went in the birdie putt to give Nick the the uh, the victory.
1: It was a remarkable performance, and as we always do on this show, we look at things from an odds perspective. And Nick Taylor's pre-tournament odds were a hundred seventy to one to win the tournament outright and as mark and i spoke about during our wednesday preview edition of gtc FanDuel had a pretty cool little wager option where you could bet or pick who would be the low canadian or best canadian of the four who played last week and nick taylor had the longest odds there too at plus 400 or four to one and now looking ahead to this week's genesis invitational which obviously a world-class event nick taylor's odds are 150 to one Bob, what's going on here? This guy just won ten hours ago. I know it's going to be a hard turnaround, but ride the hot hand. Why not, right?
2: Hey, listen. Uh, the last Canadian to win in at Phoenix was George Newt in 1968. You know what he did the next week? He won in he won in Tucson uh, when that was a PGA Tour event. They they called it the Double in the Desert. So you can go back to back. It's uh, it's not that hard. I might be interested in doing that. In fact, the other thing I looked at was I went on FanDuel this morning to say, maybe I should put a couple of Bobs on Nick for the uh, Masters. And he's not even listed yet. He's not even among those on the listing. The only Canadian there right now is Corey Connors. So interesting, interesting to see that uh, you can't even put a Bob on, uh,
1: on Taylor right now. Okay, and we know Canadians have had success at Riviera before. Mike Weir won at Riviera back in the day, too. So, I mean, a lot of good juju here for the Canadians as we head into this week's Genesis Invitational, as always. Our Wednesday preview show we will take a in-depth look at the Genesis Invitational, the Canadians in the field. Oh, and some guy named Tiger Woods, who's also making his competitive return to golf. We'll talk about him and much more. But Nick Taylor, making history, now 28th in the official World Golf Ranking, now four career PGA Tour wins. He is the 2024 WM Phoenix Open champion. When we come back here on GTC, Bob going one-on-one with Nick Taylor for a full debrief on the unbelievable performance to win the WM Phoenix Open.
0: This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the new QI10 Carbon Woods. Experience TaylorMade speed with the forgiveness of 10K inertia with the all-new QI10 Max, only from TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Movember, the official men's health partner of Golf Talk Canada. You can get involved and help change the face of men's health by visiting Movember.com today.
1: We're excited about our new partnership with Movember. We'll have much more with our friends from Movember throughout the year. And Bob, I know you can grow a pretty good mustache, I think. You you grew a <laughs> Movember stash, I wanna say 2020 or 2022.
2: Two uh two years ago I think I did it. No, maybe three years ago I did it. It wasn't too bad. It was uh not as um didn't come in quick as quick as it used to. I think I think once you get start to get a little older, you know, the whiskers sorta of aren't quite as uh as dense and thick and bushy as they used to be. I had a mustache actually for a while when I was just out of university. I kept it for like a year, year or two. It wasn't really all that good. So I got encouraged to shave it off, but uh, I might get tempted now that we have this great partnership with these folks, and uh, I know you've done some work with them and raised a lot of money, and uh, it's uh, it's a wonderful cause.
1: It's a wonderful cause. Going to need to see those photos of you with the mustache from back in the day. (laughs) And I'm getting more gray by the minute, Bob. So I'm kind of curious where my mustache Ah. is going to be around come November. But we'll have much more with our friends from November throughout the year because they are doing some really wonderful things here moving forward. Well, Nick Taylor is now a four-time winner on the PGA Tour. And shortly after getting it done at the WM Phoenix Open, he went one-on-one. With Bob.
2: All right, Nick, congratulations, boy. What a clutch performance. I'm sure that's a word you've been hearing a lot since you walked off the eighteenth green for the third time. But just how brilliant was your putting this week? How good did you feel when you put the putter in your hands time after time after time?
3: Yeah, it's uh you know, one of those magical weeks where the lines were really clear, my speed was you know Speed's the most important, I feel like, putting, but you've got to see the lines too, but my speed was incredible all week. Um, you know, I felt like when we just kind of got locked in those last four or five holes and really needed what we needed, knew what we needed to do, um, you know, it just kind of locked me in a little more and, and roll was pretty dreamlike. Uh,
2: you, you've, been, you've been a, a veteran now of, of playing in playoffs. What was it like, the ebb and flow of this playoff compared to when you were back here in home in Canada?
3: Yeah, it's uh you know, it, it was a it was a quick obviously turnaround. I finished and then we went right to the ATT, which I think was probably a little bit of an advantage for me and um you know, it it's a difficult hole for me because I can't cover the water on the left and Charlie had a great drive, so I knew obviously I obviously just had to step up and, and hit a good shot, um, which I was able to do. That was probably my best shot of the day. Um and then, you know, to make the putt first and, and having on top of me obviously was was exciting and you know when Charlie hit a little bit a little bit left, I bailed out a little right, but I knew a lot of times, it actually bounced to that bunker, but it's still a good break to get over there. And I was two yards further than the first, uh sorry, in, re- in regulation. And so, um, pretty much the same shot, I was able to pull it off and, and have a similar putt. And I actually drew back on last year. I i birdied the 18th hole to finish second, but I had a similar putt. And you know, again, we, we were seeing the line so well that we drew on that, but just hit the putt and luckily we went in.
4: Any any
2: nerves at all? It, it looked like you were very calm coming down the stretch. What was it like? The, the the duck's legs under the water as they say were they paddling furiously or were you pretty calm
3: yeah you know if, yeah of course i was nervous but i felt like you know even on 15 i was asked about why i laid up but honestly we didn't even debate about it because i think it was a five wood in and you know wedge games definitely probably a strength of mine and um pretty accessible pin there at the wedge so I, I was chasing the last four holes there wasn't a whole lot to lose and then um you know 18 it was similar to last year i think i had a a one- or two-shot cushion, maybe two-shot cushion on second. So, you know, I knew birdie um, was all I needed to kind of get it going. Not all I needed, but what I needed to do. So, again, a good break to kind of go through the bunker there again and, and have a shot of the rough. Um, but, yeah, I, I was nervous, but I felt like with the crowd and the energy, I was able to channel it and, and kind of get locked in, which was, which was great.
2: Um, you've got uh, – I know you've told me a number of times you've got a couple things circled on your calendar. One is the Olympics and one is the President's Cup. Um we'll we'll leave the Olympics aside for now. There's only two players on that team. But are you kinda hoping Mike Weir was watching this performance, especially on the Greens?
3: <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I uh um I, I've i mirrored a little bit. There's a lot of Canadian fans, but there's a lot of US USA chance going back at the Canadian fans and it was it was a pretty fun atmosphere and um you know, I feel like this Kane Open last year is things I can draw on um, you know, if I'm able to make that team and, and be in that atmosphere in Montreal. So yeah I, I, there's still a lot of time left a lot of work to do but um it's a good start
2: does does the winning get easier does did it feel easier this time or not or is it just always a bit of a you've got to have a little magic you gotta have a little breaks and you gotta have some clutches you did yeah I think all of the above you know i don't think it ever gets easier
3: um i think each one that you have you you take it you know you take it less for granted potentially and you you, you wanna cherish it um and so being in this moment, again, you want, to, you want to try to take advantage if you can, because, you know, if you're in contention four or five times a year for, for most people, that's, that's pretty good. And if you can, you can take advantage, it's great. So I, I was able to do that a lot the past year and able to, to kind of draw back on a lot of these experiences and, you know, to be able to pull off again and a playoff is it's incredible.
2: Well, you're just the fifth Canadian male to win four or more times on the PGA Tour. Nick, congratulations, and hopefully there'll be some more before the year's done. Yeah, thanks,
1: Bob. That was Nick with Bob shortly after getting it done. And, Bob, correct me if I'm wrong, but Nick Taylor, after he won for the second time, I think he did laundry as a celebration last year. He got a (laughs) phone call from Wayne Gretzky in a McDonald's drive-thru. Did he give any inkling? Was he going to crush some za last night? What do you think he did to celebrate?
2: Well, he uh, he spends his winter in there, so he probably went home and uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, cracked cracked open a beer, sat in the lazy boy, and watched the last quarter and the final of the uh, F- Super Bowl. <laughs> Who knows? We'll have to find out. It's pretty good, though. It's it is pretty mundane, and it's not just Nick. You know, I've interviewed a lot of guys after they've won, and and there's always there's always this big fatigue. There's always so much to do. First of all, after you win, you know, you've got media to do, you've got volunteers to thank, you've got I don't know countless things that you you end up having to uh, to take care of before you actually get off the property and um and I think for Nick it's probably after what did he play well he played 30 plus 2 playoff holes so 32 holes yesterday that's that's a lot of golf uh I'm sure he was fatigued he's got two little kids by the way so that doesn't help your energy levels any <laughs> at all and uh, and I'm sure uh probably there was probably some family uh, zoom and and calls of that sort to try and uh, make everybody happy but um we'll have to find that out i'll try and i'll try and dig that out today and see what i can what i can let you know don't forget he's also on his way to uh, to LA cuz he's going to be teeing it up in the uh, signature event this week as well at uh, at the genesis
1: Just a remarkable performance by Nick Taylor. We'll have much more on Taylor's victory when Mark Skino joins the show in about half an hour's time. But when we come back here on GTC, we'll discuss some of the other storylines at the WM Phoenix Open, including Scotty Scheffler and that flat stick, which he is struggling big time. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Movember the official men's health partner of Golf Talk Canada. You can get involved and help change the face of men's health by visiting Movember.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit WeatherTech.ca.
1: And weeks here's Aquino joining to kick off hour two in about half an hour's time. We'll get to the WM Phoenix Open and all the entertainment that was going on at in the Scottsdale area. But before we do that, I got to get your take, Bob. How'd you like the halftime show? Do you think Usher was uh, killing it at uh, the Super Bowl? You know, I didn't get to catch
2: a ton of it because I was doing like that interview we just heard from Nick. So I had it up on the TV, uh, but I didn't hear it. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm gonna have to go back and see. I don't know. Maybe there's a replay you're, you can you can watch it. It looked pretty good. I mean, it looked like. Uh, and I read the New York Times review this morning. They liked it. So, um, you know, there's there's always been hits or misses when it comes to the, to the Super Bowl halftime show. I think they've kind of found a, a nice groove the last little while um, with some of these uh, some of the some of the artists they've been choosing. But uh, it's not an easy task. And I I did say one of the coolest things I saw was one of our cameramen, Owen Korbel, who uh, is our Vancouver cameraman. But he's also uh, he travels and he's he's done a lot of the Masters and he's done a lot of tournaments with us. But he had a uh, uh, like a stop. I don't know what you call it. I guess I guess time delay time lapse of them setting the field up for the halftime show, the halftime show, and then taking them taking everything down. And it's just, that to me is just mind boggling how they can put this whole stage up. All these guys can come out perform like they do with all the intricacies and the dance moves and everything like that, and then just tear it all down and it 's all done in about what twenty minutes, maybe something like that i don 't know anyway it 's uh if if i don 't know what owen corbel 's uh, Instagram account is, but if you can track it down it 's pretty crazy
1: yeah it, we'll have to take a look at that for sure. I thought it was a great show too. Uh, usher was awesome, and we 've seen some uh, more uh Veteran, I guess, or more people who have you know been around for a little while performing at uh, vintage. That's what I'm looking for at uh, halftime shows. And you mentioned the setup too. I was at the NHL All Star Game, and the same thing happened when Tate McRae went and performed. It was, it was a whole setup on the ice, and for them to strip that strip the whole setup down and up so quickly to go play the game. It was uh, pretty cool to see from behind the scenes. And uh, kudos to our entire Super Bowl team, because there were a lot of people there from TSN, and they did a great job. I watched a lot of uh, SC with Jay Onright afterwards, and there was a whole team and having some players join them live on the panel as well, which is awesome.
2: I thought one of the coolest things I saw was James Duthie sitting in his little spot in the media reserve section, looking down. You, you could see he's up pretty high, obviously. That's where they stick the media And there he is on his phone watching the golf while the Super Bowl was going on down below. That was pretty funny.
1: That was amazing. That was really cool. And the Super Bowl, it was entertaining. And I'm sure we'll get Mark's take on the Super Bowl as a diehard 49ers fan, as James Duthie is too, actually. So we'll have to get Mark's take because he's still in Vegas right now. Not sure if he's awake yet, but we'll, we'll find out, I guess, uh, in about 25 minutes' time. Well, the WM Phoenix Open is known as the People's Open, is known as a hot spot for bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. They've got the 16th hole, which is essentially an NHL arena in terms of capacity, all around the one hole. Didn't see any aces this year, Bob, but do you think maybe things have gotten... A little gone a little too far, the WM Phoenix Open in terms of consumption, in terms of fans who have just had way too much to drink and are just doing things that they shouldn't be doing in public?
2: Yeah, I I kind of agree with that. And I put a tweet out asking sort of that question. It was this year that it jumped the shark? You know, it's fine when it's a fun boozy. Uh, affair. I've been down there w- when it's been, you know, k- you kind of laugh at a few things. And sure, the odd person has too much to drink, but it just seemed this year that it was beyond that, and it went to like the drunken, obnoxious oafs who were there. And it, and, and you look at some of the uh, tweets from some of the players. You know, Ben on I think had one. I said, you know, it's like on every hole, people were taunting. Uh, they were all over uh, Zach Johnson for losing the Ryder Cup. Um, it just seemed like it got out of hand now, some people said it was because of all the rain delays, and people were standing around i didn't I don't really buy that because they let people in at whatever it is five thirty or something at six o'clock in the morning, and they're selling beer at that time, and it you know maybe it goes on went on a little longer than it normally would have on certain days, and it was just it just seemed that there was a a small group who were kind of ruining it for the big group now on Sunday, to me, it seemed like it was normally they were loud they were you know, obviously a few had had a few drinks, but nobody ran on and jumped into a bunker like one guy did. There was, um, you know, there was some fun, fun stuff going on, but it just didn't seem to cross the line on Sunday as it had the first few days. And uh, I don't know. I mean, we have our own wrinkle at the RBC Canadian Open, and I think that's fun. And Rory actually pointed out that, you know, everything's great. They're loud. They can do whatever they want, but they hush and they're all quiet and respectful when you're hitting your shot. I think that's where you sort of want the, the, the sweet spot to be.
1: And because, too, golf is different than other sports because the fans are so close to the players, where players can hear the fans pretty clearly. Now, I'm sure in, in other sports they can hear them, but they're so far away, whether you're on a football field or on the ice or a basketball court, etc. whereas the fans, they could reach out and grab a player's club if they want, depending on where they were. And Billy Horschel was very vocal to a fan walking down uh, close, uh, close to the rough at one point, Jordan Spieth, you could see yesterday and he mouthed something that was not so nice where a fan clearly yelled in his backswing. But hopefully they're able to to hush things because some tournaments, like the RBC Canadian Open, have been inspired by what goes on on the 16th hole with the rink set up. And obviously we've been at the rink the last couple of years for GTC and the atmosphere's going from the practice rounds to Thursday and Friday to the weekend are dramatically different. Remember last year, Bob at the rink where fans would sing, Oh Canada, basically every time a Canadian would go to the (laughs) team.
2: That got got a little tiresome, but the, um, um, uh, you know, the one thing that stuck out about me about (laughs) waste management was that they had to stop beer sales and they actually had to stop ticket holders from coming in. Um, You know, it's like, when you're doing something that way, obviously something's getting a little bit out of hand, and it was the police and the fire department who had to call it. But you're right. There is, there is that sweet spot, and I think the RBC Canadian Open has kind of found where you can have, have some drinks and you can have fun, but you let the players play golf.
1: Exactly, and that's the important thing. It's certainly gone a little crazy at the WM Phoenix Open. Hopefully things do calm down as we move forward. Now, obviously Nick Taylor winning, that was a huge amazing moment but there were some other things that happened that were interesting too charlie hoffman for example the last top 10 charlie hoffman had was the 2022 rocket mortgage classic that was 35 starts ago bob and his pre-tournament odds we know there have been long shots winning throughout the season on the pga tour Nick Taylor included with that at 170 to one. And boy, oh boy, I'm glad I took some time on FanDuel <laughs> during a commercial, commercial break of last year's show. Getting back to this, though. Charlie Hoppen 400 to one pre-tournament odds. And this guy finishes in second. No one could have seen this coming.
2: No, exactly. I mean, you know, listen, he's been out with some injuries. He had some skin cancer on his arm that he had removed that he had to sit out for a long time. And he's sort of playing, I think he's playing on a career money list exemption uh, so, you know, he's, and he's not a young guy. He's 47, I think 46, somewhere in there. So it's like, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, you're get down to the end of your, uh, that, that zone where you're sort of the not quite ready for champions tour players, but boy, he played well, he played really well down that stretch and, and, um, you know, unfortunately had a little trouble on the final hole in regulation that, uh, that he, you know, he still made a good recovery, but still it, uh, boy. I, I was I was impressed by him. And, and as you said, like, yeah, okay, when was the last time he even thought about, about him? And uh, dressed all in green with the green glove. Gotta, gotta like that, too. He still carries for that waste management sponsorship, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the people I was watching the Super Bowl with, I mean, I was hot on the remote to make sure that Nick Taylor was the number one thing we were seeing uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. But a lot of talk about... The Was it like a back warmer Charlie Hoffman had on that was almost like a brace around? I I couldn't quite tell what that was actually doing. But for a guy in his late 40s who had, what, 25, 30 minutes from regulation to the first playoff hole, it's hard to rev the engine up again. So I'm really curious what that was, though, Bob.
2: I think it is a back warmer and uh, if I was Nick Taylor and I saw Charlie Hoffman coming down and getting into the cart wearing that back warmer, I'd go, hmm, this, this isn't quite as bad as it seems, but um, I was I was a little surprised that he didn't go maybe a bit earlier to hit a few putts or to hit a few shots, even just wedges to kind of keep loose, but maybe the back warmer is the better way for him to do it. He spent a lot of time in the trailer and maybe maybe he just sort of thought, well... I'm not going to warm up unless it really looks like I have to cuz I think he finished and Nick was probably on like 16 or something maybe I'm not sure where he was exactly but uh he still had a few holes to play but uh but good for Charlie Hoffman I I felt bad for him when I saw him come off and his family was there and he was you know they'd come in to see if he could make it you know make that win but still a pretty good performance for him.
1: Yeah, definitely a great performance by Charlie Hoffman who for years would always sort of linger and get sort of kind of in the mix after the first round of the Masters. We saw that amazing round five years ago, six years ago, where he shot 65 and the the field average was 74, I want to say. It was just a remarkable performance in the wind. Oh, the wind was
2: howling that day.
1: Yeah, and the the seagull, he's got a pretty good nickname. I mean, that's uh, that's up there uh, in terms of golf nickname.
2: (laughs) Well, before he cut his hair, he used to have this hair that came down the back and he's got a skullet you know like he's bald on top but he had this long hair that came down and uh his nickname for years was Spicoli and if you've ever watched the tv show or the movie uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High you'll understand what that means he looked he looked just like like Spicoli in that movie but uh he cut it all off at the urging of one of his daughters and it was a smart move I think
1: the scullet, I think, might have to get the overdrive guys on a salad rebuild look for uh, Charlie Hoffman there, uh, who almost got it done at the WM Phoenix Open, losing in a playoff to one Canadian, Nick Taylor. Now, before we go to break, we have to discuss Scotty Scheffler. We have to, because the, he was the overwhelming pre-tournament betting favorite. At uh, one point on Sunday, he was minus money to win the tournament when he was tied for the lead and it's been the same story for Scotty Scheffler that it was throughout last year. Here's a guy this past week on Data golf: first in strokes gained approach, second strokes gained off the tee, first in strokes gained tee to green, 44th in strokes gained putting, which is actually an improvement for Scotty Scheffler, and 59th in strokes gained around the green. At some point, what do you think, Bob? He's got to try something remotely different than the current setup he has, right?
2: Yeah, you think so. I don't know. It's those headworms, man. It just it can't be anything else than that because you cannot miss. I mean, he was missing. I, I didn't go back and look at the distance of some of those putts, but there were a couple that were no more than three feet. And, you know, if you and I were playing, I'd tell you to pick it up. And and he's just, Me? you know, <laughs> hard lip outs, and a couple of them were just – I. I I just feel for him so much. And yet, look how well he plays without that, with, I mean, with those misses. It's just, it's ugly. And I don't know. He's, you know, he's taken some some improvements. He's been working with a coach. He's got to try some different putters and stuff. But I don't know what the solution is. But, boy, I'll tell you what, if he ever finds it, watch out. <laughs> the rest of The PGA Tour could just go and fight for second place.
1: Exactly. And we'll get into this too with Mark because we're on the same wavelength where he's just got to try, try left hand low, try a spider, try putting with your eyes closed, try an arm lock. I don't know, just try something totally different. And I don't know about you, Bob, but I saw, I saw a couple times where you don't really see frustration much out of Scotty Scheffler, but he was genuinely mad a couple of times, including on Friday, I saw him slam his driver against his bag. Like you can tell this is just so in his head. That if something changes, like you mentioned, he's just going to break out and win five or six consecutive weeks. But Scotty Scheffler, another close finish. Uh, Stay tuned to our social media channels and tsn.ca to see if we pick Scotty Scheffler as one of our PGA Tour picks for this week's Genesis Invitational. When we come back here on GTC, we're going to switch gears a little bit and take a look at a top indoor golf facility in the GTA because I don't know about you, but a lot of people have the itch right now to get ready for golf season. We saw temperatures up to 16 degrees Celsius on Friday. Check out Pace of Play. We'll have much more on the Pace of Play Golf Simulator next here on GTC. This
0: segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today.
1: We'll have much more on Myrtle Beach coming up on Wednesday's show. A big Big announcement is coming out about the tournament they're hosting on a PGA tour in May. We'll have much more with our friends from Myrtle Beach. That's coming up on Wednesday's show. Now, Bob, before we go to our interview here, how much, or if at all, do you spend any time p- uh, playing indoors during the winter in terms of hitting golf balls?
2: Yeah, um, I have, we, I'm lucky enough at my golf course, we have a couple of simulators that we can go and play at the, at the course. I've also gone... Uh, with our one of our uh, crack producers, Mike Kazinski, Kaz, we've gone uh, a couple times to uh, to a venture. We've gone out to the swing the swing lounge that we've done. We've done a show from there before. So, yeah, I've got I like it. It's kind of fun. It's a uh, it's a good sort of winter pastime, and it kind of gets the fixing fixing the urge a little bit to uh, to go out and and uh, and hit some shots. It's uh, and it's amazing that there's there's a number of them springing up around the city. So there's lots of opportunity to do
1: it. And another one who, that has sprung up in the last year and a half or so is called Pace of Play, which has some great facilities, a lot of state-of-the-art uh, trackmen bays, private bays. You can do the works here at Pace of Play if you're looking for somewhere to get ready for golf season. Go check out Pace of Play. For much more on Pace of Play, I had a chance to learn all about it with John Kim and Ash Nathwani. All right, we are here at Pace of Play alongside John and Ash here. Pace of Play, a great facility here in the Toronto area. John, for you, first of all, just give our listeners, viewers a little 411 on where Pace of Play is.
5: Yeah, so we're on uh, the Dundas and 427. Uh, It's 2110 Dundas Street East, um, basically the border of Etobicoke and Mississauga. So a good central location uh, for people from the city as well as outside of the city to come and up and play some golf
4: and for you guys did you guys start this together we did yeah we actually were uh we were friends back in high school uh reconnected through our online media account uh golf heads and uh we had this feeling we could bring this online community that we had built offline and pace of play was kind of the home and and kind of the hub for all of that
1: and we'll get to golf heads here in a little bit because it is popular to say the least. So for you guys, Pace of Play, it's an indoor simulator and TrackMan is a massive thing. John, how critical is it to have TrackMan here?
5: You know, we, t- we tested a lot of simulation technology and TrackMan, you know, by far was the best in terms of the data and the accuracy as well as the gameplay. So there's a lot of fun courses to play. Um, you can play different types of games, whether it's a scramble or just a stroke play. Um, and yeah, it really ties everything together for what we're doing here at PIS.
1: And give us a sense, Ash, too, about, yes, you can just go to the driving range on a track, man, but you can also play hundreds of courses too, can't you?
4: Yeah, and we're talking about some of the best courses in the world, and I think what's fun for us here in Toronto now is with the RBC Open becoming as big as it has, being able to play you know, places like St. George and Glen Abbey and some of these courses that you know, are kind of around the corner for us. I had one day where I got to play Glen Abbey before hitting the course, and uh, it's a pretty cool experience. And you know, these are pretty exclusive courses that you wouldn't typically get a chance to play. And so, getting the exposure to that and getting to try it out is pretty amazing. And so, people are coming in here from all over to grind to
1: practice, and there are lessons available too, John.
5: Yeah, we have um, three to four full-time instructors here. Um, They also host clinics uh, in the summertime. They host a lot of kids clinics as well. So pretty much any level of of golf where you're at, uh, we have someone that can help you with your game.
1: And Ash, too, we're we're here, we're in one of the private bays, so there are, what, four bays and two private bays, correct?
5: That's right,
4: yeah, six bays total, all powered by Trackman, so we wanted to have a great experience where, where whether you're in the open bays or the private bays, you had an equal golf experience, and you got to get the best out of the Trackmans.
1: And speaking of the best out of the Trackman, there are also, also some winter leagues that Peso play, does John tell us about that?
5: Yeah, so every winter we host a two-person scramble league, uh, three different flights depending on your skill level. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Every week there's a new course that we host. Uh, We give out a lot of great prizes, and um, this past league that is actually just wrapped up had over 50 teams. Uh, Everyone comes, competes. It's just a fun way to, to, to meet other golfers as well as compete on a leaderboard.
1: And you want to get sharp you want to get ready for the golf season what's the booking like how busy are you guys here ash uh
4: winter time it gets really crazy um we do have like john mentioned we have our league nights we have a really good uh great group called the iron lady golfers who are here every wednesday night so shout out to the iron lady golfers um they you know so as winter came around it's getting a lot busier um and you can see even during the daytime we're, we're quite active it's pretty amazing. You can see a lot of golfers really want to work on their game heading into the, the spring-summer time now. Well, as we record here, 13 degrees Celsius outside <laughs> in Toronto. You
1: guys just got back from the WM Phoenix Open. It might be warmer here. And, yeah. and just before we started doing this interview, John, you took a phone call to help someone book and get in. So for someone watching this, for someone listening to this, how do they book their way into Pace of Play?
5: Yeah, we try to make it as easy as possible, so our website has a booking system that shows a calendar of the availabilities, Uh, and then you just book online the time slot that you're looking for, and you'll get emailed an access code. So we're a 24-7 facility all year round, Um, so any time of day, even in the middle of the night, if you want to come and work on your game, uh, you can come here and hit some balls.
1: That's awesome. Pace of play. It's an amazing facility. Now, before we wrap here, Ash, mentioned it a little earlier, Golf Heads, the Instagram account.
4: How many followers are you guys at now? So we just hit 240K. <laughs> um, and what I love is I mean, the engagement that we get in that community um, it's a lot of golfers that are either new to the game or have been in the game for a long time but have been just looking for a new vibe, a new aesthetic and we're kind of the hub for a lot of the culture and a lot of the, the new drops, the new gear so we really cater to the full kind of golf audience and we're really proud about that community that we've built um, and we're really seeing that kind of transition into the, into the golfers we see here at Pace as well Over 200,000
1: followers on Instagram. John, for you, what was your involvement? How did Golf Heads get started?
5: Yeah, it just became uh, just a passion project at the start of things uh, that that I love about golf. And then just kind of seeing the industry shift and and push the boundaries uh, really helped evolve the page. Uh, We got to work with a lot of great brands. Like I'm wearing one right now with Adidas and Malbin. Um, Just a lot of great brands to to, kind of change how we look at the game and, and attract a lot of the youth as well.
1: If you're looking for the latest and the greatest in the world of golf, check out golf heads on Instagram. And if you're looking to grind and get ready for golf season, come to pace of play. Gents, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Thank thanks a lot. Ian. Go check out pace of play. It is a great facility. Okay. That wraps up our one here on GTC coming up in our Two, the Z Man. He is here. He is ready to rock. He's got some hot takes about his San Francisco 49ers, plus Nick Taylor's unbelievable performance at the WM Phoenix Open. All that and more. Hour two, next.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour One of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 18 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts,
1: Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Hour 2, the back nine here on GTC. And for the first time in this young radio season, the three of us are all together for once live on the air. (laughs) Scully Weeks and Zucchino now joining us on the line from Viva Las Vegas. Mark, you are not on the strip right now. Are you licking your wounds a little bit from your 49ers last night?
6: Well, technically, I'm still on the strip because technically I haven't left yet. As soon as we sign off this morning, I am going to drive the four, four and a half hours to Los Angeles uh, to check into our hotel for the Genesis this week and hit a, hit a press conference this evening. So technically still here. Very upset. I mean, that's three Super Bowls in a row. The 49ers have appeared in and lost um, another lead. That we couldn't take home. I have two takes. Mahomes is just too good. He is the best player in football. And uh, although Brock Purdy is a very good quarterback, you know how many th- how many third and fours do you, do you not get when you need it, especially the last one with two minutes left on the clock, third and four. You make that first down, and I think the game's likely over. We could talk about miss. The missed extra point and yada, yada, yada. But for me, it obviously the fluke punt off the heel, that was uh, that was a big special teams play, a bit of a fluke there. But to me, it really comes down to that third and four. I don't know how you guys saw the game, but uh, Vegas, by the way, guys, was about 75-80% San Francisco. There was hardly anyone cheering for the Chiefs here. And I heard the stadium was kind of similar. Uh, Kara Waglin was uh, tweeting out that she felt a heavy San Francisco presence. So I don't know if it's geography or people are sick of the Chiefs winning or people are sick of Taylor Swift. I don't know. <laughs> or a combination of the three likely. Uh, but yeah, that was same the same vibe was here on the strip.
1: Well, okay, so I got to ask you, Mark. So during the game, they showed the Jumbotron of various celebrities who were there, Leo and Taylor Swift. I didn't see uh, Mark Zucchino actually in the stadium. Were, no. you, were you close to do? To I, I did make not it, make get in the stadium.
6: Unfortunately, did not get a ticket. But uh, we were invited to the uh, Bellagio Super Bowl party, which was like I it was insane. It's the best Super Bowl party I've ever seen in my life. There was literally, I don't know, forty jumbo screens plus HD TVs everywhere, volume pumped in. The largest buffet I've ever seen in my life in the middle of, of the room. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what you wanted, you could get it. Same with the dessert table, same with the bar, it was crazy. It was absolutely insane. Um, so it was a pretty good uh, Constellation prize, right? Uh, Constellation prize to, uh, to, to to get invited to the party. and. You can go to, they have your own private windows. You could go up and and, and make whatever bets you wanted to make, which none of which came in good. So all my bets went completely down the toilet. (laughs) But you guys should know, though, we took them down on the blackjack tables uh, on Saturday night when we arrived. So took them down on the blackjack tables and proceeded to give it back on the 49ers on Sunday.
1: Well, there you go. Now, you mentioned there are a bunch of TV's were any of them on the WM Phoenix open to watch history as Nick Taylor got it done
6: you know unfortunately no so what I had was I had my earbuds in and my PG tour radio uh, feed so I was listening in one ear to to the playoff and and then and watching the game so I it was and it was kind of weird because I was I was like, I went, like, when Nick made, I think, the first putt, uh, to force, on 18 to force the playoff, I, I went, yes! I got, and had nothing, I think we were in commercial on the Super Bowl. (laughs) And people are looking at me like, What's this guy's problem? Like, it looked like I was cheering, like someone just scored a touchdown or something. And instead, you know, Nick Birdie's what a birdie, eight guys, 18 to birdie that hole every time you need to get it done. So impressive. But yeah, I didn't get to see it. I saw it on Twitter, like the highlights later last night, and watched a bunch of the highlights. But I was listening to the coverage on our, uh, on our radio feed.
2: It's, uh, it is amazing to think that the, the, uh, how many times Nick birdie that hole? Three times in a row, five of the last six. You know, we were talking earlier, Mark, about how he has become a real clutch player. You take that one, you take the win at the uh, RBC Canadian Open, you go back and look at him taking on and beating Phil Mickelson down the stretch. He has really become, in my mind, like the uh, the, the the go-to kind of guy if you're in a pressure situation.
6: I mean, 100%, I don't... You know, if you guys recall our year in reviews last November, and I just felt like sometimes they'll use the term like he's playing with house money kind of thing. But I really think when you you come through a moment the way he came through a moment at the RBC Canadian Open, when you're able to perform to the highest level in something that you and your country wants more than anything else, and no one's been able to get it done for 70 years, and you get it done, and you get it done in incredible fashion against a world class player. I mean now I felt like sky's the limit you know i i i I kind of felt this coming, I really did for nick i think I think he could possibly win a major championship this year. I really do i i and he makes just a large bucket of putts when he needs to, and at the end of the day, you know, yes, ball striking obviously. You know, there are certain events throughout a year that we'll get to, depending on a U.S. Open setup. Don't think we're going to get that setup this year, Uh, depending on a PGA Championship setup. We got one last year at Rochester. We sure got one there. But more often than not, you know, it's a game of inside 100 yards these days in the world of professional golf. And uh, and with all due respect to, to the long bomb hitters that can really take advantage of the par fives and shrink the par on a golf course and all that stuff. They're all, as far as I'm concerned, they're all long. They all hit it great. So when you can make 20-footers, 15-footers, 10-footers, when you absolutely have to, I mean, look, I say say watch out for Nick. I really think he's going to have a big year. I really do.
1: Yeah, totally. And we all saw that when we all spoke to him in Hawaii, where at the Adidas event. We're going to have much more from that event in the coming weeks. But for Nick Taylor, he always, he's had this quiet confidence, and he's had this swagger, too. Earlier this morning, I was tweeting out about memories I had from the RBC Canadian Open last year, where he made that ticklish six- or seven-foot putt to birdie the 18th hole in regulation at Oakdale last year, and he was already fist-pumping before the ball was in the hole. You look to the playoff hole yesterday. On the first playoff hole, he had... 12 feet perhaps. And when the ball was a foot outside going right in the heart, he was walking that thing in. I was like, here we go, baby. That's awesome to see. But Mark, for you, we've spoken about this on the show before when players go out and shoot a super low round, they flirt with 59. They often don't win the tournament because it's so hard to follow up Mm. another good round after nearly shooting in the fifties. And for Nick, he showed so much resiliency, not only from that but struggles from early in his final round
6: too. Yeah, I thought it was more, If I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I thought he just kind of chipped away and, and hung around after the 60, you know, and, and kept himself in there. Because um, you look at the round afterwards and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. He, you, there was guys that were obviously vaulting up the leaderboard, uh, chasing him, eventually surpassing him. But you have, I think you have to fight through the highs and lows. You th- fight through the peaks and the valleys of a four round golf tournament when you're playing against some of the best players in the world. And he did it. He did just enough to keep himself there in those first, you know, two, three, four positions on the leaderboard. He did just enough to stay in that spot so there was never more than one or two bodies ahead of him. Like he look up and he looked up a couple times and there was Charlie Hoffman, gala. Scheffler ahead of him. Then you look up again and it's Hoffman the Gala. It never got six, seven, eight bodies. He just hung around enough. And then he struck. He struck to your point. He struck when it counted the most. When he had six, seven holes left, uh, he put the pedal down and and realized, okay, I'm where I need to be. I'm in this golf tournament with a chance to win. Let's go make putts. Uh, It's almost like you're saying now, in a way we're talking about almost a bit, it sounds crazy, but almost like a formula in a sense. That great players know the formula. They know what to do. They don't get too riled up when you know they have that nine holes or fourteen holes where they just kind of stagger a little bit and stall. They know they've been around enough and they've won enough big events, like Bob said at Pebble Against Phil, RBC Canadian Open, they've been around enough to know that if I just stay in position, you know, with nine to go. I can win this golf tournament. At least I'll have a chance to win this golf tournament. It almost feels like Nick had that talk with himself somewhere in that third round, and boy, was he right.
2: You know what's amazing, Mark, and I was mentioning this to Adam before, is we've been around to sort of follow Nick through a great amateur career. where he's number one ranked amateur in the world, great college career. He's kind of almost now living up to the expectations that we put on him when he first came out on the PGA Tour. And if you go back and look at his record, really, for the first five or six years, he was a guy who almost every year was kind of just inside or just outside the top 125. This is, to me, not unexpected because this is what we thought he would accomplish when he got onto the PGA Tour. It's just taken a little more time to get right. What do you think is the upside now from here that he seems to have found this confidence?
6: Well, how old is Nick now, Bob? What is he, 34, 35? 35. 35. 35, Okay, you know that to me that's the only thing I don't want to say. I'm gonna say in his way, because that's the wrong way to say it. And we play guys play great golf in their 30s into their early 40s. There seems to be, with the exception of, you know, Phil Mickelson and Vijay Singh and a handful of guys, very rare few guys. There seems to be. Something weird that happens around that forty four, forty five, forty six mark. If if you're you know playing the PGA Tour, so theoretically speaking, Nick still has ten years to you know add on to his career now that he is in Bob's in Bob's words. I agree with Bob a thousand percent. Like. He's now finally realizing the potential, Bob, that we had on him when he turned professional. Number one amateur in the world. He was going to be our next Mike Weir. Okay? It's just taken 10 years to get to where now we feel we've got a guy. He's got four, four professional victories. And look at the size of the victories. Look at the tournaments he's won. Okay? Like that pebble against Phil. Finishing second here last year. Great field here this year. RBC Canadian Open is obviously the obvious one. Um, I mean, now positioned to do some really good things. I, I Put it this way. Okay, I'll ask you guys. I'll go back to you. I believe a thousand percent. I truly believe this is not Nick Taylor's last win of the season. And I don't necessarily feel it's his biggest. I think there might be a bigger win in the second win. Bob, Adam, do you think this is his last win of the season?
2: Uh, no, I don't. I, I was sort of saying to Adam, we hinted at the fact that, you know, he's got the fifth win. We were saying, you know, is there a chance he can Sorry, catch Newton and five Weir now? for eight? He's, he's got four now. Four but, now, thank you. But we were sort of saying, you know, could he could he win, could he double that in the rest of his career and, and catch Newton and Weir and perhaps surpass him? And then we sort of look, you look at the calendar, it's only February. There's a lot of golf left to be played and a lot of tournaments where he can, uh, he can, you know, have his have his statement. As he's saying in the interview last night, uh, you know, you, you get about four or five chances a year, maybe to put yourself into contention on a Sunday to win, and it's just a question of then of maybe do you get the right breaks, do you get the right put, putts to fall in rather than lip out, and try and make this thing. I, I'm, a, I'm with you. I, I would be very surprised if uh, if he just has a one win season.
1: Yeah, really. Last season, that win at the RBC Canadian Open, to your point, Mark, really opened up the can of worms, the potential, the ability to embrace the nerves, embrace that what's come because he knew what he had to do down the stretch. And that was make a ton of birdies because Charlie Hoffman had posted the number. And what did he do? Of course, he birdies five of his last six holes, the 18th hole, three consecutive times. So I agree with you. And he's playing with house money right now. And he wants to make that international president's cup team. He's now third in the team standing. So very likely going to be there regardless, but for Nick Taylor, I think the motivation's at an all-time high. He wants to like he he's seeing he sees the numbers that Mike Weir and George Newton has. He sees the success that Brooke Henderson has had on the LPGA tour, and she actually just tweeted uh, congratulations to Nick about 20 minutes ago, by the way. But I think Mark he's motivated for so much more success now. 28th in the world ranking.
6: You you brought up the Presidents Cup. Let's not forget Olympics. Right, there's Olympics, he'd love to represent Canada and go play Paris. And I'll throw something else at you. Quite often, guys, we hear the chat that you know, once you get to this tier, this level where you're playing majors, players championship, playoffs, etc., signature events, it's it's hard it's one once you get there, it's easier to stay there than it is to get there because once you get there and you open up the door to this this world where you can set your calendar, when you look at the money and the increase in the FedEx Cup points that they play for in these events, it's much easier to kind of stay there than it is playing in events where 300 FedEx Cup points go to the winner in like an opposite field event and you're trying to fight your way up to that tier. So Bob, how many guys are in the field this week in LA? 70? What's the number of the field?
2: Somewhere between 70 and 80, I think. I haven't seen the final number, but I think right. no more than 80, let's say.
6: Okay, so, so this is my point, what I'm trying to get around to. Nick's going to be in all these signature events, okay? Nick's going to be in the playoffs, okay? That where we start with what, 75 now in the, in the FedEx Cup? So now, looking for this second victory, He's got a handful of tournaments still ahead of him, five, six events ahead of him, where he's playing against 70 guys, not 140. And you get a hot putter against 70 versus 140. Yes, the quality of the field is, is amazing. You're playing against the best. But if you believe now that you are one of the best and you belong, which I think he does and we do, then beating 69 guys is a lot easier than beating 139 guys. I think that second win might even be a playoff win or signature uh, victory.
1: Well, it's so exciting to see Nick Taylor have the success he had. Now, before we go to break, just seeing this on X right now, Charlie Hoffman, of course, who came in second, has now played his way into the Genesis Invitational. He actually had to cancel a ski vacation. Apparently, he asked Tiger for an exemption before the week. Tiger said no, but he's now played his way into the tournaments of Charlie Hoffman in the field this week at the Genesis Invitational. Speaking of Tiger Woods, when we come back here on GTC, we'll discuss what will be a success for Tiger this week. Is it making the cut? Is it not limping? Is it top 20? top 10 who knows will break tiger woods chances down next here on gtc
0: this segment of gtc was presented by picton mahoney asset management for over 18 years our focus has been on helping canadians stay invested in all market conditions including this one This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. To learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community, visit cobblebeach.com today.
1: Welcome back inside GTC, Scully Weeks and Zucchino all around the table. Well, this week it's the Genesis Invitational and Tiger Woods is making his return to golf. Of course, we saw Tiger play at the Hero World Challenge and the PNC back in December. But heading into this week, what will be a success for Tiger Woods? Mark?
6: I'm going to stick with what we said the last time. Uh, I think Bob and I both kind of said this the last time, and I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I haven't changed at all. I, I I figure he's been working on his game. I, I'm he he alluded to that the last time we heard from him that if he's going to do this once a month schedule, he's got to get ready for it. So I'm assuming that's what he's been doing. So I just want to see Tiger walk really good for four days, you know, and I want to just see it, him look like he belongs so if he just looks like he belongs if he just kind of like fits in this tournament you know finishes somewhere in the middle of the pack even below the middle of the pack as long as he's not like in the you know the bottom 15 and struggling like that so as long as he's kind of pain pain free as, as much as he can be pain for free, free using air quotations and kind of hang around this golf tournament and, and, and look like he belongs to me that's a huge win and to me, that's a building block to the Players' Championship.
1: Bob, for you, what do you think?
2: Uh, very much on the same lines as what Mark was talking about. I just think that you can't ask for too much. This is a, a guy who's not only been beaten up <laughs> physically, but he's, he's an older guy now. He's not a spring chicken, right? I mean, yes, he is Tiger Woods still, and I think he can get it around. I just don't want him to look like he's out of place, and I don't think he will. I don't think I'm not I'm not counting on him being in contention or uh, being around the top of the leaderboard come Sunday afternoon. I think you know I think he finishes. He plays four rounds. He looks as Mark said, which is a great line. I think he looks like he belongs. I think most people will be pretty satisfied with that. He's he's a little bit of a. It's a little bit like watching Arnold Palmer in the last years at the Masters. You know, it's not quite the same thing, but he is a guy you want to see play golf if you're down there. Live, you can say, wow, I saw Tiger Woods. Or you see it on TV, and you just want him to feel like he can make some decent shots and you know, and and have a few sparks left in the engine.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see what the body looks like. We know his body's taken some transformations and how he's really adjusted his upper body because he can't really push off that right leg anymore. I'm curious of the ball speeds, especially with the new taylor May qi 10 ls 2 which he also had in the bag at the hero world challenge we'll have much more on tiger woods a on the news conference that he is having later this evening which is about his new apparel company and from a playing side of things too that's all coming up on wednesday's edition of gtc but when we come back here on the show it is winners weird and what that is coming up next
0: This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, and the all-electric vehicles that get you in the game. From Lyric to the first-ever Escalade IQ, there will be a Cadillac EV icon for you.
1: Welcome back inside GTC. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino here all around the table. Well, it's time now for our favorite time of the show. It is Winners Weird and What this week. Bob has the tea. So so what
2: do I do, just aim for the pond?
1: No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water.
2: But you hit it into the water.
3: I know I hit it into the water.
2: Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there?
3: Because
1: it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All
2: right, gents, my winner this week is Mike Weir's international team. And I'm choosing them because... They got a big boost, obviously, with Nick Taylor. And that helps Mike Weir out in a couple ways. If, if Nick can stay within that top six, as we were talking a little bit before, uh, Adam, you know, if he stays inside that top six, it makes it very easy for, for Mike to pick two deserving Canadians with his six picks. And I think you know that, that three number is still something that uh, I would like to see in terms of Canadians. But not only that. Looking, you know, it made me look at the team and see where they are right now on the international side. And you've got a pretty, pretty good squad right now. Tom Kim is the top. Jason Day is in second. He has had a sensational year. Sung Jay has been playing well. And the guy at, at in the fifth spot has also been playing really well. Emiliano Grillo. If you look at his performance so far this season, he's been really, really good. And then you get down into Ryan Fox and Min Lee, who haven't played a ton yet on the PGA Tour, haven't really started, been able to rank up their points. Ben on. It's been playing very well. I, I really like the looks of this team, and I think the fact that Nick Taylor is uh, right up there in third spot starts to, me, uh, starts to give me some, I don't know, the feel-goods that this team might really put something together. What do you think, Mark?
6: Well, I, I'm just going to say, you know, I picked the Euros to win in Rome against the Americans, and last year I picked the President's Cup team to an uh, international team to finally end the drought on Canadian soil. I'm just saying, I think Team America, not, not going to be a, c- a couple good runs for Team America right now. And, and I'm with you, Bob. Um, when you were on vacation, Adam and I were talking week one, uh, Golf Talk Canada, on our first show of the year. I don't know how we got into this conversation, but somehow we got into the conversation we said, the more red and white, the more we can make that a true home game for Canadian golf fans and make it sound like that RBC Canadian Open sounded, the, the better advantage that international team is going to have.
2: Agreed. Uh, my Weird This Week takes us to uh, the L.E.T. Tour, which is the uh, European Ladies Tour, and to the Magical Kenya Open. Now, there's a male uh, version of this tournament, but the Magical Kenya Open was being played... And they had to have a slight delay, and the slight delay is nothing that I have ever seen. We have seen a lot of animals on golf courses you know when when we've had tournaments out west, I can remember doing a skins game out in Banff one time, and we had to stop because there was a bear on the green uh, we've we've had um, We've had kangaroos running across golf courses when you see them in Australia before a couple of times. but I have never seen this animal before provide a delay to a golf tournament and this was two big giraffes that were walking right across the green just kind of stopped and ambled around a little bit uh they didn't really move out of the way has anyone ever seen a giraffe first of all in live other than at a zoo (laughs) have you ever seen a giraffe on a golf course
1: adam (laughs) no never neither to both i need to see the video i need to see some images of this because this would be pretty terrifying
2: Yeah, it was pretty terrifying. And my what this week is, uh, takes us with Adam Hadwin. What was Adam Hadwin thinking as he was standing beside the 18th green watching Nick Taylor uh, win another tournament? And there he was wearing the exact same green hoodie that he had when he was tackled at the (laughs) RBC Canadian Open. And I thought, man, if you want to, are you just asking to get tackled again? So I sent him a text last night and he said, no, it wasn't about getting tackled. It was Nick's lucky shirt. That's why I wore it. And obviously the luck worked and the luck did a really good job. By the way, I should point out that if you want a real Canadian uh, uh, talent, if you want a real Canadian image from yesterday, check out uh, Nick's little boy, Charlie. He was dressed in the, uh, in the Canadian tuxedo. He had the jean the pants and a jean jacket on above. So uh, he was the first guy to, by the way, <laughs> hug uh, Nick when he, uh, when he came off 18. So good for Adam Hadwin. Good for Charlie Taylor as well. Uh, who am I throwing to here, Adam? I don't know who's got it. I'm throwing to Mark. Mark, you have it. I'll the answer team. the
0: question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the
6: truth. All right, guys, my winner this week is I like this Aeon Swing 5. I know we were all concerned about the signature events and making sure that there was mobility in the tour and we weren't just having, you know, parades uh, of guys and throwing money at guys for things that, you know, they've done in the past, so to speak. And you mentioned it off the top skulls, uh, Charlie Hoffman in the field now at the the Genesis. Well, that's that Aeon Swing 5. So if you look back at what Nick Dunlap did, the American Express and yesterday's duel with Charlie Hoffman and, and Nick Taylor, the non-signature events, the regular events, for lack of a better term, they're, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Adam, it's amazing drama. We had amazing drama at the American Express. We had amazing drama yesterday at the WM. These are not signature events, but people are talking about them, and they're just as captivated, a, a captivating golf as, as we've seen all year. And guys are playing their way in now, like Charlie, into L.A.,
1: Which is essential, right? Because you want to give these players rewards who aren't in these bigger tournaments, who maybe aren't as big of a name. You know, none of us had probably ever heard of Nick Dunlap two months ago. I mean, maybe if you went down the deep depths of Google into college golf, but no one had really heard of this guy. Now he's playing all these signature events. This is what the PGA Tour is all about, is these new names coming up on the scene and doing cool things. This is a really good story, Mark.
6: Well, Charlie Hoffman was kind of part of my winner in that Aeon Swing 5, but he's also part of my weird. I don't know. We saw a lot of weird images this week, guys. I know you probably talked a little bit about this on the top of the show. It's going to come up in my what, some of the images from the Waste Management Phoenix Open. But what about Charlie Hoffman strutting around national TV at a PGA Tour event with a Greg Norman shark logo, smack dab in the middle of his shoulders at the back. Bob, is that not the weirdest thing? <laughs> like, uh, it just looks awkward, doesn't it?
2: That and the green glove together, I mean, there was, that was quite a combo that he had there, but boy, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's probably got some sort of a deal with something, somehow that he's kind of got that thing. It might be the only one he's got with the waste management logo, but yeah, that was a little bit of a strange one.
6: The only thing that would have made it weir- weirder, guys, is the shark on the back and the Phil Mickelson jumping in the air silhouette <laughs> with the putter on his sleeve. You would have done them both, right? That would have been really weird. Okay, my what this week, and I want your opinion, guys, uh, for both of you on this, because my what this week is what has happened at the WM? Have we crossed the line here or what? I mean, this it started with the Coliseum hole. And the Coliseum hole, and what it brought to golf, and how exciting that hole was and then, from the Coliseum hole, it kind of spread throughout the property at the wm and you know became golf 's biggest party and I know the golf was trying to attract younger fans and create uh, an event around golf, which other tournaments have started to use uh, a bit of the w m to attract attract people, but when you 're fighting with players when you 're uh, you know, there was injuries, people falling down hills. There was fist fights. I mean, I think I personally think this event has to look very different next year. Uh, I don't know what they do. I don't know how they do it because now there's a culture there, and they they've done it. They've poured gasoline on the fire. Like we can't point fingers at anybody else. This is what they wanted. But Bob, let's start with you, Adam. I need to hear you. Like where where are you guys on this? And how do we turn it back? How do we dial this, Bob?
2: 100% it went way too far. Uh, I know they were trying to blame the weather delays and the fact that there were a lot of long hours there. But maybe start by not selling beer at 6 in the morning. Maybe, you know, you wait till noon till the beer is available. Uh, you know, you don't, as you said, you want you want that happy place where people are having fun and they're boozy and they're drinking. You don't want people uh, throwing up on the on the turnstiles you don't want people jumping into bunkers all that kind of stuff so I don't know what they're going to have to do but when you have to stop people from coming in to the tournament then uh, then you know you've done something
1: yeah major issues there and you know as we spoke about a little bit in hour one golf is a different sport in terms of how close the fans are to the players and the players can hear the fans if they if they really want to, and they can turn and and address that. We saw that with Zach Johnson. We saw that with Billy Horschel. To Bob's point, the number one thing, maybe don't sell the sauce at 6 in the morning. That, that might be a, a good idea at that because a lot of these people, you would think, either haven't gone to sleep yet or are waking up on so little sleep from the night before that they're just keeping the party going essentially and they're sitting and waiting for golf the fact that they had to turn away people on the saturday that was strange that was weird there were people just walking through the gates without tickets it was just a really weird thing but to your point mark something does need to change because this really did go too far i wonder if that'll i wonder if this field will look different in 2025 with players not wanting to come as a result of that
6: uh, if this is not a signature event in 25, uh, and it may and it keeps his status as is, I think you guys are a thousand percent right. I think we're going to see a lot of names choose not to go for what you've just said, and I'd love to see them get this debauchery back to just the 16th hole. Let's just when you enter the Coliseum, you know what you, you know what you're going to get. We got to contain it the rest of the golf course. Let's still have a golf tournament. I mean, whatever. I, I I'm with you guys. All right, that does it for me. Skulls, the tea is yours, sir. 348. <laughs> oh, man,
1: that is sweet. All right, gents, my winner this week is a guy by the name of Cristobal Del Soler. And here's another guy who made some big moves on Thursday in the Corn Ferry Tour. The lowest ever score in a PGA Tour sanctioned event would be shoot. Oh, just a 13 under 57. Not 58, <laughs> not 59. 57. Okay, a couple things. I know the golf course was short, but 57 is still 57. Yes, it was a par 70. But what was crazy was that he parred his last three holes. He missed a six-footer for birdie on the 18th hole. Now, he didn't go on to win the tournament to our earlier conversation, how hard it is to follow up such a low round. But, Bob, 57? Come on, this is amazing. That's, that's
2: a that's a pretty incredible number. Now, it's 13 under. That's the same that, uh, for instance, Adam Hadwin shot 13 under because he did it on a 59 on a 13 on a par 72 but any way you slice it any way you look at the yardage any way you look at any part of this getting it in the hole in just 57 strokes is remarkable
1: Very remarkable for Cristobal Del Soler. Okay, my weird this week. We spent a lot of our latter portions of our show last summer talking about the success of Lucas Glover, who changed the way he putted to the broomstick and had a lot of success, was just held off that U.S. Ryder Cup team, and he was looking forward to a pretty good 2024, probably playing well at the WM Phoenix Open. He's sitting in his hotel room on Thursday morning, hanging out, watching cartoons, doing God knows what, gets a phone call from a PGA Tour official saying, Hey, Lucas, you're on the tee in one minute. Where are you? So Lucas Glover WD'd from the WM because he didn't read his phone right, didn't read the text message right when his tee time was. Mark, have you ever missed a tee time maybe for reasons because you're in Las Vegas or any other reason in particular? Well
6: I've I don't know if I've ever I don't think I've ever missed a tea time. I gotta be honest with you. Like I, I I'll say this to guys. I like it's a pet peeve of mine. Like if I've got a tea time at like eleven o'clock, at ten forty five, I'm I'm putting beside the tea. Like I'm I'm in the hole where I'm supposed to be. If you're not ten minutes early, you're late, okay? Tea times are not suggestions, okay. <laughs> They are actual times. But you know what this reminds me of, guys? What was it? Medina Ryder Cup where Rory didn't realize he was in a different time zone? And Do you remember the police escort, <laughs> escort to the first team? I, I mean, hey, listen. In, in Lucas Glover's defense, though, guys, and Bob and I can speak to this, Adam, you can't yet. Getting old is Okay, like maybe he just <laughs> maybe he just couldn't see his phone he can't his eyes were squinting like maybe, maybe poor Lucas we got to give him he needs a new uh he needs a new uh eyeglass uh, prescription
1: some something needs to change for uh for Lucas Glover that was uh, an interesting one okay now before you go to break, my what this week? Uh, relates to a tee time and we saw a number of delays in terms of because of the weather because of just a lot going on at the wm phoenix open so max homa was in a group on friday afternoon set to tee off at 5:33 p.m local time just about half an hour before sunset so max homa tweets out the screenshot of this and says It will be like showing up to a bar 15 minutes before it closes. Probably won't have enough time to have a lot of fun, but every interaction with a person will be alarming and... Hilarious, Max Homa just wins social media. He's not playing a lot of great golf right now, but Max Homa continues to be a huge winner in the social media world. Okay, when we come back here on GTC, we'll have leaderboard updates from around the world of golf and preview our show coming up on Wednesday.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac's all-electric vehicles that get you in the game. Choose from a $750 credit with Flow or installation of a Level 2 home charging capability from Q Merit when you purchase or lease a new Cadillac Lyric. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf. Looking to refresh your golf wardrobe this season? Adidas carries the latest golf styles and technology built for on and off the course. We encourage you to express your style through every swing. Visit adidas.ca slash golf to explore more.
1: And of course, Nick Taylor's win is another win for Team Adidas. So congratulations, Nick Taylor, who of course is going to kick off our leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf. Check out BushnellGolf.com for much more. Nick Taylor, the winner of the WM Phoenix Open. Dustin Johnson gets it done on Live after openly admitting that he didn't touch a golf club during the off season. Dustin Johnson, still very talented, gets it done, wins on Live, and on the Corn Ferry Tour. No, it wasn't Cristobal del Soler after his third. 15 under 57 to open the tournament it was Kevin Velo who gets it done in a playoff on the Corn Ferry tour only about 90 seconds left here in the show Mark you're on your way to LA for a big presser tonight what can you tell us about that
6: yeah it's the Tiger Woods presser we're all assuming that this is likely to, to do with his relationship with uh, TaylorMade obviously and, and what could potentially new be a new apparel line Something for Wednesday, guys, that we have to chat about that we didn't have time this week. How long before John Rom, his head actually explodes? Like physically, his head will explode at some point during a live event. Did you see his interaction on the par three with the crowd in Vegas, where he kept getting call, kept hearing noise and getting pulled off? I mean, watching John Rom play golf on live might be the first thing that was entertaining on live.
1: Either that or Tyrrell Hatton's had some interesting mic'd up (laughs) moments and not liking the green surfaces, using a couple of words that we cannot repeat here. But anyway, uh, that is that. We'll mark safe drive today to the presser. Stay tuned to our social media channels a little later tonight for all the latest and the greatest from one Tiger Woods. We are back Wednesday at 10 a.m. TSN radio network here to preview the Genesis Invitational Bob, Mark, thanks for your time this morning. It has been fun. Thanks to all who tuned in. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented
0: by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Looking to refresh your golf wardrobe this season? Adidas carries the latest golf styles and technology built for on and off the course. We encourage you to express your style through every swing. Visit adidas.ca slash golf to explore more. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.